Hi friends, you're listening to Created Podcast, and we're your hosts, Amanda, Taffy, and Emily. Every week, we'll take a deep dive into the topic of worth and identity, and how by discovering more of who God is, we can discover more of who we are created to be. No matter if you're a lifelong Christ follower, new to the faith, exploring, or skeptical, our hope as we tackle discussions around this topic is that you will find we're all not too different in our struggles. We believe there is hope, clarity, and confidence in understanding our worth and identity. Well, hi everyone. Welcome back to Created. We are so excited. We have another guest with us today. So we are super pumped to jump in. I have my friend Sarah with me here. And Sarah and I have known each other for a couple years years now, which is so crazy to think about. Sarah and I met when I moved to Florida and we actually worked together at a church down in Sarasota, which is so sweet. And funny fact, actually, she works with my husband now, and I think Sarah will probably be the only person on earth that will have ever worked with me in a professional setting and my husband. Like, that never happens, (laughs) because Eric and I are in completely different fields, like, 100%. But I'll let her share what she does, but I just, actually, that is just such a funny thought, and I had to share that, but... Um, Emily and Taffy are with us here too, but um, Sarah, do you want to just share a little bit about who you are, where you live, what you do, that you would actually be able to work with both of us, <laughs> and just a little bit about yourself? Yes. Um, hello, everyone. It's such a pleasure to be here um, with Amanda and getting to meet Taffy and Emily for the first time. Heard a lot about both of them from Amanda. Um, but yeah, so my name is Sarah. I live here in Florida. Um, been in Florida next month for 30 years um, mm-hmm. with uh, most of my life being here. I consider myself a Floridian, even though it's not by birth. Um, so I am almost 38 years old and single, um, never been married, and I don't have kids. Um, both are desires of my heart, which is part of the reason I got invited to be on this podcast mm-hmm. to talk about singleness. But um, Yeah, so how I work with uh, Amanda's husband, Eric, uh, my background is in finance and accounting. Um, And so um, Eric called me this summer to, uh, in a a time in my life that I was praying about transitioning out of working for the church that Amanda and I worked at together. And um, it just was God's timing. And so I have officially been working with him for about month and a half now. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm for construction which is a whole new world and it's amazing (laughs) yeah which is so funny i just laugh i was like who would ever think that we would have a mutual person that we would have ever worked with i know but we are finance and accounting what i said finance and accounting takes a special person to do that (laughs) job so i'm sure you're the perfect person for it she's brilliant also (laughs) but um sarah did did touch on it we are going to be talking about singleness today is our topic and we are really excited to kind of just dive in we know that this is a sensitive topic it can be it can be a hard topic it's an amazing topic and it's also just a needed topic i think 
that um, there is so much truth that just needs to be spoken into, especially mm -hmm. just in regards to our worth mm -hmm. and our identity and how that affects us. And Sarah just has a lot of wisdom and has a lot of authority in this uh, area. It helps when you've been single for a long time. <laughs> yes, but she does it so graciously and just so amazing when we were talking about people to come on. I mean, Sarah was the first person in my mind. I was like, yep, I have a person, like, done deal. She is the one. So I'm really excited to just dive in today with you. So with that, we're going to ask the famous question that we have asked our guests on the podcast and that is can you share a season of your life where the Lord has taught you the most about your worth and identity and then out of that season was there anything that you were able to um take away as like a tool or something helpful or a habit that has helped you actually sustain what the Lord taught you about your worth and identity from that yes so funnily enough the season where I kind of prayed through this um, of what what should I share because I feel like our whole life can be um, a time where God is constantly teaching <laughs> us if we're open to it about our worth and identity so true but um, probably the most significant moment in my life was um, in 2017 um, I'd actually just gotten out of a relationship um, it was my first significant relationship um, where I actually dated someone um, for two years um, and uh, ultimately, I ended up breaking things off with him. And so about five months after ending that relationship, at the time, I just hadn't realized the uh, emotional abuse I had gone through in that relationship. And I was just in a very dark place personally. Um, and I kind of did a talk to the hand to the Lord. I didn't want, I, I could never deny his realness that he was existed. I always laugh and tell people. You know, I could never be an atheist because I know God is real. <laughs> um, but I, I basically did a, I don't want anything to do with you, Lord. You know, why would you bring this person into my life? Why would you allow him into my life? You know, um, I also was basically like, if I can't be married, I don't, you know, I don't know if I want to keep going with this. Um, I thought, you know, if Jesus came to me and said, I'll take you to heaven or you can be married, I'd pick marriage. So it was a very... Um, mm exposing season of my life. Um, initially, I didn't see the side of my heart um, and the idol I had in marriage. But um, in that season, um, God actually used a secular television show. <laughs> Love it. Um, if you've ever seen This Is Us, um, at the time it was the first so season in the last episode. Um, and I might get choked up and cry because it still just means so much to me. But there's real fast two boys in that one who kind of has everything together and his life is so good and he has a great career and he's always done everything right and correctly which if anyone knows the Enneagram I'm an Enneagram one and I'm, I'm driven by doing things well and correctly um, so I just really identified with that character Randall and then the other brother Kevin is kind of the playboy like never did anything well but at the end of the season he's kind of hitting his peak in his career mm -hmm. in theater and he's written this um written this play and he's getting to act the part in the play and um it's his big moment and all his family's supposed to come and watch him and um in the story spoiler alert their dad is dead at this point but he spoke very high like spoke into both boys lives um, and just had a significant impact in both his son's lives. So he's he's gone, but so all the family's gathering to watch Kevin go out on stage and have this huge moment. And Randall gives him a phone call and 
and throughout the season, you're realizing Randall's starting to fall apart, the pressure of life, um, all the stress and the strain that he's going through. Um, he's starting to just inwardly just fall apart, which of course then outwardly comes out um, in any of our lives. And so in this moment, Kevin's getting ready to walk out on stage, and it's him and the girl in the play, and she said to him, you know, this is so amazing, what are you, and I'm, this is my memory, which is faulty, so it may not be completely <laughs> accurate, go watch it, it's amazing. But she says to him, like, this is your moment, you know, what are you thinking? And he had just received a phone call from his brother Randall that was like, hey, I cannot make it, I'm not going to be able to do this. And so Kevin's realizing, like, something's going on, something's wrong, and this isn't this is shouldn't, number one, my brother should be here celebrating with me, but also like something's going on. And so when the girl says to him, like, what are you thinking about? He says, I'm thinking, what would Jack do? And Jack was his father. And so the lights go down and the girl walks out on stage and then the lights come up and Kevin's not on stage. And so it, you know, the camera pans back to Randall and he's just breaking down in his office um, at work. Um, and then you see Kevin in another screenshot and he's running. And he comes to his brother and just sits down and gives him a hug. And in that moment, it felt like God came to me and said, this is me. I gave my son, who was the king of heaven, sitting on a throne, said, I see you. You're falling apart. You are worth it. I love you. Your identity is not in what you've done for me. This is the Sarah I came to die for. This is the Sarah I love, the one who has nothing to give the one who cannot do anything for anybody in this world or me, I saw this moment and I came for you. And so that is still something that just drives me in the moments when I'm low of saying, Jesus didn't come because you could give him anything, Sarah. He yeah. came because he saw you and he loved you and he wanted you. So yeah, that was um, a season for me. And it's so beautiful that it's tied into just feeling so devastated after a loss of a relationship because it has continued to sustain me since then in the moments when I'm feeling really low about my singleness. Well, not sure there's like a dry eye in the like <laughs> all just tearing up. <laughs> I, I was like, I was like, where do we even go from there? But I, I think that you, you so touched on something so beautiful. Yes, it was so vulnerable. And thank you so much for sharing that with us, because I know that there are people that are listening and have gone through some really tough times in relationships. And, you know, it might actually not even be somebody who, um, who might have been married and they're finding themselves single. Like I was just talking to a friend of mine this morning and, um, we, we were just talking about another person and, and in that they, have gone through they were married and then now they're not married and and just and they were this amazing like this human that was on fire for jesus and now they're just kind of coasting and it's it's a lot of the times we go through these significant moments in our lives especially when it's in relationships mm -hmm. that really shake us with our relationship with god and it's not it's not that we're saying no to Jesus. Like, I love what you said. You're like, I'm not going to become an atheist because I know he is so real. And I feel like this person, mm -hmm. that's where they're at as well. They know that he is real because they have seen him come through. But there's mm -hmm. this shaking moment in their life where what they had envisioned life to be is not anymore. This marriage isn't anymore. And it's like, Jesus, I know you are real, but man right now i just feel very disappointed and it's hard it's hard to even speak those words like i yeah. am disappointed with god 
who am I to be disappointed with God? You know what I mean? But you're like, but my feelings are real right now. I am disappointed. But for you to share that and and the beautiful part of the yeah. story is that God meets us where we're at. He didn't take you to some massive crusade and force you to be there. And, you know, he goes, do you know what? In your moment where you're just going, I'm giving you the hand, God. He goes, I'm going to come in that and I am going to love you. He's going to come down where you're at and he's going to wrap mm -hmm. his arms around you and just love you. And, and I think in the midst of our discontentment, sometimes we forget the character and nature of God and how loving he is. And you just... Oh, yes. so beautifully painted that for us. It's amazing. It's the vulnerability to say, like, that realization of the idol that it is. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we, like, that is one of the hardest yeah. things yeah. to come to is of recognizing. And I think that was such a huge point in your story of that reality of, like, yeah. oh, if I got to choose to go to heaven or, like, be married, I'd want to be, like, I want to experience marriage. Like, marriage is right now, but, like, that's it for me, you know? And yeah. I think sometimes we just aren't that honest with ourselves that that those are the idols that we place like over you know and like I know that it took a lot for you to get there and I know that that was like that hard space but it's like that is real and yeah. that is like those things that we end up whether that classic Christian saying like the gift over the giver like we just often sometimes are like we want so much the gift over than like the Lord yeah. who's giving it to us, which we trade all the time in our lives. But I think, you know, that is something that's so relatable, even mm -hmm. if it's not just a relationship, right? There's just so many things in our life that we can relate that to, but yeah, such a vulnerable space there, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, and I think it's one of those things where in that season, like I said, I didn't even realize it till a couple of months after that happened, right. which I think is God's grace too, of in the moment of feeling so broken. He wasn't like, hey, I'm going to bash you with. By the way, you have this idol. Yeah. You idolized marriage, Sarah. I want, it, I want you to see that. It, was, yeah, let me tell it you. wasn't until a couple months later when working through the grief to realize, oh, wow, I have created yeah. this. It was a C.S. Lewis book, um, which if you haven't read his book on grief, where he, he actually wrote it anonymously when he published it anonymously, if I could say that word, um, at first, because he was so afraid of how the world would react because of his reputation. But it's such a beautiful story of his grief of losing his wife. But in that, he talks about how he had always thought, you know, when someone dies, he'd said the right things to people. And it wasn't until he went through that himself that he realized, oh, what I've said is this house of cards, essentially. And in the moment when this happened in my life, that house of cards got knocked down. And I, for me, that was the moment it was like, oh, wow, I've always said I love the Lord and he's first in my life. But it wasn't until I went through the loss of a relationship that I realized, oh my gosh, this <laughs> idol of marriage. You know, I've idolized the gift of marriage because that's what it is. And I will say this very controversial thing. It's been years in the making, but singleness is also a gift. They're both good and beautiful gifts. And they both yeah. have difficulties that come with those gifts. Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's learning how to appreciate mm -hmm. that. It's learning to appreciate each mm -hmm. season um, because you don't, you don't get a redo. You don't get to be like, I was single then, you know, I'm not single now, but oh man, I miss singleness. Let's go back mm -hmm. to that. You know, not knowingly and not, you know, you don't get a redo, but I, I love something that you said in your introduction. You said, um, <laughs> I am 38, um, single, never been married, don't have kids, but I still desire mm -hmm. to. So this is a very interesting thing because I feel that I'm also 38. 
I feel that people think when you reach a certain age in Christianity or any world, they think, oh, she doesn't want to get married mm -hmm. anymore. She doesn't want to have kids anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, no, no. Just because I'm not married yet doesn't mean I don't want to. How have you navigated that kind of mind field? Because um, um, it is a mind field. Like, <laughs> it feels like it's little bombs ticking everywhere. <laughs> it's like it is, yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, it's definitely a mind field. It's been interesting because, you know, when I was in my early 20s, I actually thought I was going to be called to be single and long story short, realized, no, I actually wanted to be married, just denying some feelings with that. But I did not expect to be 38 and single, and I'm actually one of eight kids. Um, so I am, to date, the oldest single in my family, <laughs> which was something really hard to navigate um, when I kind of reached that age of, oh, nobody else has been this old in my family. Um, but part of it is realizing for me of God is writing my story, and it's holding out a hope that, you know, um, so many people say, you know, the wait is worth it. And one of the things I realized, and again, because of the abusive relationship I had, um, I've realized the wait is worth it. You know, it's far better to, to wait for who God has for you than to settle for less than God's best. And so in navigating through people saying, oh, have you lost this desire? Um, I'm pretty vocal about it, number one. <laughs> Most people who know me or get to know me know, you know, they hear I'm single and I'm like, yeah, but I'd love to get married. <laughs> We're all big champions of it. We're like, yes. I have people praying. I mean, my niece and nephew who are five and three regularly pray for me for a husband. Um, but oh, yeah. Probably the bigger thing to navigate for me at 38 in the Christian community, I mean, in just the dating community, is how many people, you know, are like, and I mean, I've had to work through it on my own heart of, you know, I'm 38, I will be an old mom, quote unquote, an old mom, you know, I'm not going to be the 20 year old who's running around after her kids and like, oh, yeah, when I, you know, my kids graduate, you know, high school or college, no, I will be old, quote unquote, I say that with a lot of respect for those who are older than me. But it's something that I just had to come to terms with. But Sarah, do you trust the Lord in this, that even if you are going to be an old mom, or even if I'm never able to have my children, because you know, I believe if God has marriage for me, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen in my timing. Mm -hmm. um, and just saying, am I willing to believe that God is still good in that? Um, I'm still learning how to respond to people <laughs> who are like, oh, so you don't want to get married or, you know, make comments about kids, you know, oh, you better get on that. I'm still figuring out ways to um, respond with grace and love in those moments because I don't think most people yeah. intend it to be hurtful. Um, and so I try and come out of a place of, okay, how do you respond in love to these people? Um, because most people aren't trying to intentionally hurt you with their words. They just don't know how to respond. Because especially in the South, um, we're in the Southern United States, especially yes. in the South, most people are getting married in their you know, early to mid twenties and having, you know, three or four kids by the time they're 38. So, um, it's just, it's not the norm here in the South. So. Well, well, that being said, I guess it leads us perfectly to this question of, um, how do you learn to live in a place of contentment, but also hold fast to hope? Um, well, so it's so funny, and I wrote this in my journal, um, which is one thing that I learned, you know, have learned in the last five, six years, journaling for me, so funny, because I'm great with numbers and I hated writing in school, but journaling is a huge way for me that 
God has used to help me express my feelings of prayers, frustrations. Um, but I wrote in my journal, like, this week, um, coming into recording this podcast, I was like, this is the wrong timing. Like, when Amanda asked me this summer, I was in a really great place, like, dating, happy, excited, on fire, you know, in my dating season. And then a mentor challenged me. Um, just a lot of transitions this year in my life with buying a house and getting new jobs, transitioning out of one job into another job, and she challenged me to take a break from dating. And um, so the month of September was really hard to get out of that, okay, I've been dating for two years straight, um, with a few breaks, um, but not, not, like an, not like a break with an end date type of thing, no end date, rather. Um, but then October and November were pretty good. But then coming into the holidays, and I'm sure you relate, Taffy, you know, the holidays are hard as a single, you know. And they're hard as a married person, too, but for different reasons, you know. Um, you come into the holidays, and that song, it's the most wonderful time of the year. I'm like, is it really, though? Like, you know, it doesn't feel like it's the most wonderful time of the year. And in the last couple of weeks, I have just been in a really on the struggle bus, so to speak. I've just been really experiencing some loneliness, and um, I actually had a four-hour crime session, journaling, anger session with the Lord a couple weeks ago in my singleness. Um, so to be vulnerable, it's it feels like this is the wrong time. How can I speak about singleness? Um, but just in praying through this week, um, it's one of those things where I realized, you know what, this is God's timing. It's not my timing. Um, and so he's, he's going to use this and he's going to use it despite what, what, where I feel that I am right now. Um, so in navigating loneliness, um, I've come to realize that navigating contentment and hope is kind of like grief. It's not a linear journey. Um, there are times when I am perfectly content, like I am happy and it doesn't kind of matter what's going on in my life, you know, whether I'm in a relationship, dating, you know, on a season of wait, I truly am perfectly content. I won't say perfectly because that's heaven, but I'm as content as I can be here on earth. Um, however, a lot of times are more of just walking through the mundane, um, you know, and I think I'm content. And then there's days where it's just, I realize, you know, Say the dishwasher breaks, and I'm like, I just want a man who can walk in the door and say, babe, I've got this, and I just lose it. And I mean, even two weeks ago, it was something as simple as wiping the cupboard out underneath the trash can. I was like, I just want a man who can unscrew this and take care of this, and I don't have to do this, and why do I have to go through this, Lord? And lost it and burst into tears, and just realizing, like, I'm just lonely. It's hard. Art, and I don't want to be single anymore and I'm angry that I'm still single you know but just realizing like it reassured me this week of just God being like you know it's not it's not a you know black and white Sarah it's a continuous I'm always constantly working in your heart and um, so it just the words this week of you know it's not linear Sarah loneliness contentment and loneliness both walk hand in hand and it's walking out all the gray of that, of walking in that middle ground, which is honestly far harder, and I hate it. <laughs> I like things black and white. Um, but it's far harder to walk that out and walk it out and trust the Lord in the moments when you're like, okay, 
I'm not feeling so great about this. Um, but trusting that it doesn't matter, that he's with you in those moments. He doesn't want you to be any, any different than who you are in those moments. He wants you to come to him and say, hey, get it out. I already know it, so just let it out. It's, it's for you and not for me. Um, so yeah, I'm still navigating and learning what it looks like to be content and hold hope. For sure. And I think even in that, something that is honoring and just like knowing that, like true strength of hope and hope really doesn't come without having to face some hopelessness. Yes. You know, like I think that there is like this kind of tension that we sometimes think hope is like, oh yeah, like it's easy to have hope when these things, but do we actually hold fast and do we know what hope is? unless we actually face things that kind of seem hopeless, mm -hmm. you know? Like, because that sense of hope or that word of yeah. hope is, you know, that trusting in the goodness of God in mm -hmm. things that may not seem. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you actually have to face the things that don't seem mm -hmm. <laughs> like they're good, that, that they are ever going to be to actually know what hope is. So I feel like that holding of contentment and hope actually really go hand in hand because mm -hmm you know, you, yeah. it's that tension, right? Like mm -hmm. then you are going to fall into those areas where it just doesn't seem like it's ever going to be, but then you learn how to have that mm -hmm. contentment and hold that hope and that strength, hopefully only grows in that hope through those seasons. But it doesn't mean that it's not hard. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't mean that you aren't facing those hopeless, maybe seeming moments, you know? Yeah. I think when I, I think we as well, I'm going to go, 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 go. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, I think it's remembering the feelings aren't always valid. Like mm -hmm. you can yeah. feel those feelings, and you need to feel them, but it doesn't mean that they're true rather than yes. valid. I'd say they're valid, but they may not be true. And so it's realizing, okay, you feel mm -hmm. so lonely, and that's a valid feeling. But the reality is, the Lord is always with you. And in the last couple of weeks, I went to therapy. Mm -hmm. uh, this week, actually. And talking through with my counselor, just these lonely feelings will not go away even if I meet a man and get married. Mm -hmm. And he's a wonderful man. And I have children. Like, they will not go away. There are going to be moments. I have friends who have said, I've never felt more lonely in my marriage, even as a single person. And so I said, it hit me that unless I learn how to, you know, kind of work through these feelings of loneliness now as a single, it's not like they're not, you know, I won't struggle with them when I get married. Yep. So how do I, as a single woman, navigate what is the truth in the moment when I feel so incredibly lonely or I feel so discontent? How do I navigate that now as a single woman and carry that forward into my marriage so that I can have a healthier marriage? Because my husband will never be able to fulfill that lonely, that big Jesus hole is what I call it. You know, children yep. will never be able to yep. fill it. So how do I, as a single woman, navigate that now and learn? Um, so yeah, that's still figuring it out. Yeah, so good. Yeah, that is so yeah seriously. It's funny that you went into that because what I was going to say was just that. Like, I love even just like hearing you now and the little bit we talked before. Like, we are going to have disappointment in life, period. Whether it's with singleness, like you said, in marriage, like wherever we are at. And we will feel disappointment and real feelings of anger and sadness and frustration or confusion with God. Like, why? But, like, it reminds me of Job. Like, just, like, kind of that, like, 
what's going on and then just like crying out to God of like why is this happening to me but then in it just like the truth of God that he like even was able to be like but I know that God is this and like what you're saying of just like in those moments where we are in like a funk and we are just like or we're in a hard season or whatever of just reminding ourselves like the truth of the gospel and the truth of like who the Lord says we are and I think like obviously all of us are very passionate about that just like who God says we are because I think it is such a daily for a lot of us like I would say even daily just like that needing to remind yourself like the truth of the gospel because the lies of the world seep in so quickly and easily and when you have that like I just love even we were talking before a bit just like that you I don't love it for you but I think it is a fitting thing that you're in a season right now of like that it is hard because I think that like that is where like it's real like it's not it's easy to talk like you were saying like oh this summer it would have been great to talk about singleness like it's going great I'm like I'm so content like it's it's been easy and then you hit a time when it's hard and I think like that's such a real thing for people and like I think to be able to speak so confidently that like you are content but it's hard like that's real like I'm content in the Lord I'm I am confident in the Lord. Mm. I know his promises are true and I know he knows my heart, but right now it's just hard. And I think that that is such like a beautiful thing and a sweet place to be in the Lord when your heart is at a place where I feel like you've so beautifully like expressed where yours is of just like, God, this is hard, but I know the truth of who you are and your promises. And like, even like what you were just saying about like singleness, like learning to be content in that because even if you get married, it doesn't mean that that's like that loneliness feeling is gonna go away. And I think that like even as a married person, like it is it is real, like feeling lonely in marriage is like a real thing. And it is only when we can become completely 100% dependent on the Lord in those times and yeah I just like I'm so encouraged by just what you're saying and I love it like you were saying like just there's so much of what you're saying that I feel like even as a married person or a person who's older and kind of gone through their life that we can glean and learn from what you're saying so yeah it's it's so good because um like I was just like reflecting on all that you've said and even like our conversation before, which, you know, we wish we could have recorded it because it was so good. But, but in that, I, I just keep getting this word, word um, wholeness in singleness. And that is how you've beautifully painted that for us. You, you haven't, like for the ones who are listening who were thinking they're going to get like five steps of being content in your singleness or, you know, seven steps of shooing the devil away when those thoughts come, you know. I feel like there's so many resources for that and we will post as much as we can um, with this podcast that you can go read more into it depending on what journey you are in your singleness, whether it's contentment, whether it's on the other side. But in that you painted such a holistic view of the realness of everyday life in singleness. And I think a lot of the times we never get to unpack that. But in that you have, you have constantly said, mm-hmm but this is who God is and this is how he's my anchor. 
even in the midst of days when things are going great and when days when things are not going great he is still my anchor and he comes mm -hmm. through and he shows up jesus shows up for us you know whatever season you're in he shows up and he is not that cruel like let me tell you you've done something wrong kind of god he is gentle he is loving and i know we repeatedly say when you're in tough situations, you need to be reminded and go yeah. back to the character and nature of who God is. And sometimes when you don't have the strength to go back, mm -hmm. he comes and he reminds us. Just the same way he came in that, um, in that series that you were watching. Mm -hmm. He came to you yeah. and reminded you who he was. And he loved you and he enfolded you into his arms. And um, one of the things is, yeah, I go through my waves of, of um, singleness and contentment. And I just have to say, praise the Lord. I am way better at the contentment part than I was in the beginning stages. And also went through the whole idols thing of having marriage as an mm -hmm. idol, having children as an idol. But God was so loving that he came in those mm -hmm. different moments and loved me through it. And I, I really wouldn't be where I am today and be loving what I do and the life that he has given me mm -hmm. if he hadn't walked me through that. Um, and, you know, same to you. Yes, please don't think that I'm single and I don't want to be married. Yes, I do want to be married. But one, one um, <laughs> and children, and whether that's biological children or not biological children, hallelujah, it's happening. Um, but um, I was just reminded of Psalm 27, and I remember I must have been about 18 or 19 when I came to the realization of this um, verse, and actually it came in a song, um, and I love, I love worship, and um, this guy, Don McClellan, he sings, he goes, One thing that I desire of the Lord, that one thing will I reach for, that I may dwell within his house and inquire in his temple and behold the beauty of my beautiful Savior. And, you know, the song continues, but he started and he opened with Psalm 27. And the day I came across that Psalm 27, I was like, Oh my goodness, it's a scripture. It's real. It's the word of God. But in that is the truth of it. One thing that I desire of the Lord, that one thing will I seek for, that I would dwell within his house and inquire in his temple and behold the beauty of my beautiful Savior. And then when you come to the end of the scripture, it then goes, I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Take heart and wait for the Lord. And that is the promise that even though we know we're going to see the beauty and the fullness of who God is in heaven, while we're on earth, he gives us the promise that we are still confident that we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We are single and we are loving Jesus. We are confident that we will see his goodness fulfilled in the desires that he has planted within our hearts. So whoever's listening, wherever you are, we just hope that you're encouraged that whether you're 21 and you're still single or whether you're beyond the age that we're at, at 38 and still single, this is the promise that the Word of God says that we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We wait on the Lord. We are, we be, we're, we're going to be strong. We're going to take yes. heart. And we're that is so on. good, Taffy. <laughs> so good. And I know that we are... <laughs> 
probably should wrap up here soon, but I have just like two more questions <laughs> that I want to kind of just touch on. Um, and I know we kind of have gone through some of these things like disappointment and things about singleness, um, but what maybe in your process of dating and going through things like that, have you learned about yourself that I think maybe that the Lord has revealed about your identity or like who you are or just like what you said, like not settling for things. Like what have you learned in that process about who you are through dating and through singleness and maybe some of those challenges like I actually can do more than I think that I can. Like like having to fix a dishwasher or buy a house or like, you know, yeah, like all of those yeah. things. Maybe you yes. touch on some of those things that singleness has really like helped and shaped God teaching you. What is that, you know? Mm-hmm. or what have, what have you learned, even in dating? Yeah. Because yeah. that's a whole bucket. <laughs> I feel like we can yes. a whole episode on that. <laughs> well, I'll start by saying um, something that I feel like God's taught me in dating and in the last couple of years, really, of really seriously being like, okay, I'm going to get in this, and I'm going to date, like, intentionally. I'm going to get on all the apps. I'm going to be open for setups, you know. I'm going to say yes if someone asks me out, no matter where it is, you know. Um, I'm just going to challenge myself to be to be open, one, um, which um, my dating journey started with someone who rejected me um, in probably the first month and a half. And up until that point, I had never been um, rejected um, by someone. I'd always done the breaking up um, just through one reason or another. And so that really, one, taught me a lot about what does it look like to be rejected and in those, how am I going to let that define who I am? Um, so, um, it's funny now, um, if I ever saw that guy, which he lives in Florida, so you never know, paths could cross, I would tell him, thank you for rejecting me because it was the catalyst I needed to realize there was work that needed to be done in my, my life and things that, you know, um, I needed to work on. Um, I think we're always all a work in progress, you know, um, you're going to find that anyone who, you know, is listening in dating or, you know, if you're married and, you know, you have kids, we're all a work in progress. Um, and so one of the greatest things I've taken through going back into therapy because of that rejection um, and being in that relationship is that we're all practicing, you know, um, dating, you know, I, one of the greatest things my therapist has taught me is just to look at it as practice there. You're practicing dating. You're practicing mm. getting to know someone. You're practicing having conversations. Um, and so that's one thing I've learned um, and carried throughout other mm. parts of my life of it's just practice. God isn't asking us to be at, you know, this end goal. He's saying, mm-hmm. hey, just practice and walk with me in this. And I'm going to teach you. And I'm going to teach you mm-hmm. and help you to learn. Um, and then one of the other things I realized, and I, I'd say it's for myself, but it's also for others. Um, and Emily, you touched on this. of We are all in a season of waiting. Um, whether it's, you know, I look at Amanda and I'm sitting here with her. And I remember having a conversation last May about, you know, finding out that you had um, something that could prevent pregnancy or make it harder and praying for what now looking at Eli last night as I was holding him, like, this is a, this is a prayer fulfilled Lord. Like, and I hold hope in that. Like, you know, I prayed for this. I pray that um, Amanda and Eric could get pregnant and it happened in God's perfect timing. And in the timing, you know, they had kind of hoped for, um, which that doesn't always happen, but um, realizing, you know, my, my friends are waiting on things. You know, I'm waiting on marriage. I'm waiting on children, but I have friends who are waiting on kids. I have friends who are waiting for a house. I have friends who are waiting to be a stay-at-home mom. 
I have friends who are waiting for their husband, you know, to repent or even their wife to repent of something or work through something. You know, we are all in seasons of waiting because I don't think we are meant, we're not meant for this world. You know, we are waiting for Jesus Christ to return and take us to heaven. Um, And so realizing that has helped me, one, have more compassion towards a lot of my married friends, as well as realize they can understand, maybe not identically to what I'm going through, um, but um, it's just given me a lot of um, more grace for when married people, you know, I think, oh, they can't understand what I'm going through, and realizing, no, they actually can. It just looks different, Sarah. Mm. Um, So that's something that has really... um, I've learned a lot about myself of um, just how we may not look like we're going through the same thing. We may not be in the same season, but there's still commonalities that we can share. um, And there's still, um, a married person can still understand differently, but can understand what I'm going through. And I think that has been super helpful to me. Um, as well as just giving me a lot more grace for people who are married who are giving you advice about singleness. And you're like, but you've been married for 10 years. You don't understand. You know, I'm sure everyone who's listening that's single is like, I've heard that one. You know, yeah. But it's given me a lot more grace for people who are married when they give me that advice of, yeah, but they still they can still understand. It just might not look the same. That's huge. I love what you were saying right at the beginning, too. It's just like, it's practice. Mm-hmm. Like that. I think that grace for yourself to also... I, in singleness, when I was, I think sometimes what I can speak to from my perspective is just the pressure that sometimes you put on yourself that, like, this next person that you date (laughs) is going to be the person you're going to marry. Or, like, you know, like, just, I think, sometimes holding, like, it's Mm -hmm. so, like, tight and so hard that there's sometimes just that pressure of just, like, actually, what does it just look like to get to know someone and practice communication? And, like, you go on one date, and maybe you're not going to go on in this yeah, a second date. But, like, hey, you were able to have a nice conversation to learn something new about somebody else, mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean it has to go anywhere either, but it's practice. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think just even, like, learning that about yourself and about who we are is like we also just don't have to be all those things for somebody and somebody doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be that for us and it's okay like that is an okay thing like we can just it it doesn't have to end in marriage from that first date you know (laughs) take the the pressure off anyone who's listening take it off it's just a date it's just a date have fun (laughs) beauty of that like just practicing you know even while you're like hoping so I love that you touched on that because I think both are so beautiful. And I think, too, I, as speaking from a married person, as we're <laughs> friends, like, I know we've had this conversation a lot, too, of exactly what that looks like of, you know, I, and I don't know because I am both Emily and I, Emily got married really young, I got married young, um, and we had, I mean, let's be honest, Emily and Dallas were in high school, so... Their seasons, quote unquote, of singleness were very short lived. <laughs> Does not exist, really. <laughs> Literally, my parents had to be like, Emily, date him. Like, they're just like, what are you doing? <laughs> but um, I think sometimes, right, it's like, what do you, how do you encourage your single friends? Or like, when you are young and married and do maybe have this other life that is a desire you want to relate and you want to be there, you know that you can't, but I think like it's been so sweet in our friendship being able to recognize we really do. There are so many things that we can 
understand or like maybe not fully understand but relate on that are different in our lives but we still both have something to give each other it's different and we have you know very different struggles that we're walking Mm -hmm. through but the same because you know I think that's the beauty of the kingdom of God and walking with the Lord you know so I think you said that beautifully and then to kind of wrap us up, because I know that we are <laughs> eating away here, um, there has been a big resource and a big book that has helped you a lot. Yes. So I know <laughs> that we want to touch on this. So why don't you just touch on it and then maybe share too, because you have something very sweet for all of our listeners, which is just the best. So, yeah. So um, this book is The Seven Myths of Singleness, about singleness. And I'll start by saying to all the listeners out there, this is not written by somebody who's married. This is written by somebody who is still single. Um, And all the research I've done recently, because this book, um, I don't know when it came out, but it's been a little while. I was actually gifted this book two years ago. Um, And from all the research I could do recently, Sam Alberry is the author, and he's still single. Um, So I will start by saying this isn't someone who's going to give you a miss that's been married. And I still think married people, again, I'll say, I think they can speak a lot into singleness. Most of them were single at one time, whether they were 14 or whether they were 25. It doesn't really matter. But um, I think the beauty of this book is it comes from somebody who's single. Um, So he can understand what so many of us who are single and kind of waiting on. But I will say this book is not for the faint of heart. It has challenged Mm -hmm. me a lot. Um, Just a quick synopsis of The Seven Myths. And I love the way he wrote this book. He started out with this myth that singleness is too hard. And then he speaks into that singleness requires a special calling. It means no intimacy. It means no family. It hinders ministry. It wastes your sexuality. And then I love how he bookended it with singleness is easy. And I would encourage even those who are listening that are married or engaged, this is a great book to read to understand, especially that last myth of singleness is easy. I have not felt so seen as a single woman in a long time. Um, Just as like, wow, someone gets this. They understand what it's like to go through kind of the the day-to-day, the small things that you don't think about of having that person who you can go home to and share about the toughness of the day and stuff. But I will also say it really challenged me in thinking through because I have been guilty of all of those, you know, lies, I would call them, of, you know, my sexuality is being wasted, you know, that I can't have a family, that I don't have intimacy in my life because I'm singleness and realizing, no, the reality is, and I love in the first myth he talks about with singleness being hard, that eventually all of us will be single again, you know, Mm -hmm. and that is, that's the truth and kind of the hard truth of this life of, you know, married people will be single again one day, whether it's here on earth or heaven, um, and it'll probably be here on earth. Um, so they, you know, we're all, we're all going to be single at some point in our life. Um, and so, um, I would just say, if you like a good challenge, maybe you don't, which might be God convicting your heart of like, Hey, I want to speak, <laughs> speak through this, um, book to you, but it's also the beauty and truth of the scripture. Um, and, um, I love the way that Sam Alberry points it back to always back to the Lord and that God is still present in your singleness through all of it. Um, but yeah, so I have five copies of this book um, that I am amazing. gifting to create it to give away. Um, uh, I just, I, I believe in sharing resources. It's one of the greatest things I've learned in the last two years of mm. dating and being single, you know, and walking through what does it look like to be single as a almost 40 year old, <laughs> you know, um, resources are great and I believe in sharing them. So 
And she's amazing. So she did have five coffees for us that we will be giving away this week. So stay tuned on our socials to know how to win a copy of that book. So Sarah, Uh, thank you so much for being here and just like opening your heart so much to like, I feel a topic that is sensitive in a lot of people's lives and people have a hard time talking about it or just like expressing like it is hard like I don't want to be in this place or trying to either one be like I'm fine everything's fine like I don't care that I'm single like whatever (laughs) or the opposite of like I just want to be with somebody like you express like you had that time in your life where it was like I just want to be married like this is like when is enough enough and I just think like like the Lord I just see the Lord's hand in your life like so evidently and you speak to this so beautifully of just like I love how the Lord did write you said this at the beginning like the Lord is writing my story and like to be able to confidently say like God is the one writing this story for me and like I don't I don't have the pen I'm not like I'm not the one directing this and like at times it's like oh I want that but then like even in my own life where I'm like can look at parts of my life and be like thank the Lord I don't have the pen because if I had it what I would have done with it would have been so far less than what God has brought me to or where I am now in this like in my life and I just think that it's so it's such a beautiful it's just such a beautiful story and it's a and it's still going and it is not over and but just like hearing what you have shared and your heart in it is just super super encouraging and I'm just thank you for coming on and sharing it oh thank you so much for having me yes (laughs) all right well we again thank you so much Sarah for joining us today There is just so many nuggets in here, and uh, honestly, so many things we didn't get to because there's just so much we could talk about on this topic, so it surely won't be the last time we talk about singleness, but we just really thank you for sharing your heart and what the Lord has done. Stick around for our challenge and prayer challenge for the week, but that's it for today. Well, again, Sarah, thank you so much for joining in our conversation on singleness today. And we actually are going to close out by you sharing our weekly challenge. And then Emily has our prayer challenge for us. But Sarah, what is our weekly challenge? Yeah, so the challenge for you all, whether you are single or you are married, (laughs) um, because I think it applies to both. Um, One of the, um, touched a little bit on the fact I've been in therapy and one of the things that my therapist has helped me with being single and when those feelings of loneliness come or the feelings of contentment are you know present and I feel happy about where I'm at in my singleness or you know we're working I'm working through a disappointment a broken relationship or you know a dating relationship has ended that I was really excited about Um, the challenge today is to sit down and write out um, each day this week what are you feeling about your singleness are you happy Um, are you excited um, where you are in your singleness? Or maybe you feel detached, you know, maybe you're kind of like, I just don't even know where I'm at. I don't really know what to feel about my singleness. Or maybe you're really sad and you're really struggling and you're really lonely. My challenge to you is write it down, write it all out and let it out. Um, uh, so yeah, that is my challenge. <laughs>
And so with that, we're going to kind of tie this week our challenge and our prayer challenge together of just like once you've written down your feelings, whether that, like Sarah said, whether it's you're married and you're writing down your feelings, how you're feeling in your marriage or even just life in general um, or specifically to singleness, using those feelings. And I think that like we have just such a gift from the Lord of like we have real feelings because we are people. But also with those feelings, we can just see God's truth in um, just what he says in his word and through prayer. And um, so we just challenge you guys like to once you've written them down and just pray and ask the Lord to like reveal to you his love for you. And maybe it's just maybe you are in a place of like just a really hard spot of just being like, God, I need you and like just asking the Lord to show himself to you in this time and um and so wherever you're at with that just take time to just pray that the Lord would just reveal truth to your heart and yeah so that is our prayer challenge this week um I am gonna pray for us and then we will all be on our way dear God thank you that we can come to you with our feelings and our thoughts and that you are with us no matter where we are, God, whether it's on the couch watching TV, um, in our car, at church, God, you are always with us, Father, even when we do feel lonely. God, I thank you for Sarah and her heart and just what she shared with us today through your Holy Spirit, God, that you would um, just teach us through that, Lord, that we would take things away and be able to implement them into our lives, Lord. I thank you for your goodness, God, for your gracious, for your for your graciousness, Lord, for your steadfastness in our lives. God, that we know that no matter where we are in life, that you are with us and that you are the one writing our story, God. So I thank you for today. I thank you for this sweet time that we got to spend together, Lord. Praise you and I thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for listening to Created Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe to whatever platform you're listening on. And you can find us at created.podcast on Instagram and also on our website at youarecreated.com. Hope you join us next week. But until then, don't forget you are created.